Hello friends and welcome back to another episode of Strange Places. Yes, if you hear, listen to this, listen. I don't know if the noise gate is going to hit it or not. You hear that? That AC? Well, it's not AC. It's heat. It's been snowing the past couple of days where I'm at. And it is cold as balls in this room. <laughs> so, uh, you guys, uh, uh, I'm hoping I can mix it out. I know it's not the most professional thing in the world hearing an AC going while you're listening to a podcast, but uh, it's all about comfort at this point. I really don't want to freeze. <laughs> so thank you for uh, coming back. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor and DistroKid. And um, where are we going this week? Are we going to stay in space now? I think let's, uh, let's travel back down to Earth, okay? We're going to go to Texas. And we're going to study, based on the... Uh, title here <laughs> you can probably figure out what it is it's one of the most one of the most famous not just out of place but one of the most famous artifacts human artifacts ever found the london hammer now i said texas but just listen what could be so unusual right or controversial about the discovery of an iron hammer encased in rock after all, archaeologists have discovered historical artifacts for as long as humans have been searching for their roots. What happens when an object defies historical study, though, and appears to exist in the mysterious realms between worlds, like a time-traveling object? For what is known as the London Hammer, the world has been wrestling, <laughs> to put it mildly, with a seemingly ordinary household tool, but one steeped in mystery. Archaeological head-scratching, and for a lot of people, including this guy, a lot of unanswered questions that hopefully we'll be able to answer by the end of this show. Alleged to date back more than 400 million years, the London Hammer, or as it's so-called the London Artifact, never heard it called that before. I swear, some of these, um, uh, some of these notes of mine, I must have written well, at like 3 in the morning. <laughs> Because uh, <laughs> a lot of these notes I do, I write them well. I, I, I work nights, and a lot of the things that I jot down, you know, for these shows, I write at like midnight, two, three, four in the morning. My brain's not really working. So the uh, London Hammer, why did I write London Artifact? Uh, could be looked, if no one calls it that, could be looked as a, at a study in how the modern and ancient worlds can connect. How else can we explain that? An obviously human-made instrument linked to the late 1800s never rusted. We've got to look at that, too. Despite the wood transforming into coal. And we'll get back to that as well. Just giving you a kind of a Reader's Digest overview here. How could the London hammer withstand normal aging impacts such as oxidation? And what ex explanations can be made for it having been found in a rock formation that precedes known human existence? Maybe it's best to start with a London hammer was discovered. London, Texas. Oh, I see. I got you there. Now, for Max and Emma Hahn, it was a summer day like all the others. 1936, the Texas couple took a hike along Red Creek near London, Texas. It's a very, very small community. It's in the center of, uh, right in the center of Texas. But the hike was like no other the Hans had ever experienced. Not because of the weather, beauty of the landscape. No, because they found a piece of wood encased in what seemed to be a really weird rock formation. It wasn't until 
1947, that their son broke through the rock and uncovered what was attached to the wooden handle, an iron-headed hammer. For close to four decades, the hammer remained a local oddity and relatively unknown until it came to the attention of Carl Baugh. He was a young earth creationist. After an article was published on the artifact in the Bible Science Newsletter in 1983. If you don't know what that is, a young earth creationist or one of those, uh, you know, Christian, uh, you know, Christian people, uh, Christians, I should say. Why do I say Christian people? Is one of those people who think that the human race is only like five, 6,000 years old. He was influential, though, in a form of creationism which believes that Earth and all forms of life, as I said, six to 10,000 is what I wrote down. He promoted the hammer as proof of an antediluvian discovery. I can, why can't I say that word? I even wrote it down. Antediluvian? I said that right, right? Okay, I did. <laughs> Jeez. Which remains in an exhibit at Ball's Creation Evidence Museum today in Glen Rose, Texas. You can go see this thing. Of equal interest to archaeologists, the London Hammer posed a scientific dilemma of sorts. What could possibly explain how a modern instrument was encased in ancient prehistoric rock from between 65 to 135 million years ago? There's a lot of people who doubt where this hammer was found exactly. Others claim the rock formation is consistent with the minerals and sediments in the surrounding area, putting the claim of the rock dating back to hundreds of millions of years ago in doubt. Others claim that the hammer could have been discarded and the rock formation occurred through the natural process of petrification. And we'll get into all this. I do want to point out, though, that the people saying, oh, it wasn't found in this particular rock, it was found in this other rock, that dates it to about one million years ago, <laughs> which humans still, even by scientific standards, were not even walking this earth, or as they say. Now, as far as carbon-14 dating, if you've thought of that, yeah, then you're, you're thinking right. Your brain's going in the right place. See? Yeah. You're all becoming Sherlock's yourselves. It would provide a pathway to best determine the age of the rock, as well as the hammer, right? Unfortunately, the hammer's owner, Ba, has only conducted private testing and has yet to publish the results. Now, the strongest criticism of the Ba's pre-flood theory comes from Glenn uh, Cuban, Glenn Cuban, former creationist, computer programmer, paleontology enthusiast, who says that no clear evidence linking the hammer to any ancient formation has been presented. Well, despite this, there are certain facts about the London hammer which do shed some light on this very, very mysterious tool. Objects such as the London hammer are commonly referred to as out-of-place artifacts, OOPs, or OO parts, anomalous objects that bring into question geology, archaeology, natural history, the physical facts of a London hammer, let's break them down. The hammer measures at six inches in length with a diameter of one inch. The metal, 96.6% iron, 2.6% chlorine, 0.74% sulfur. The iron head has not rusted since it was discovered in 1936, something that is extremely difficult to achieve even now. The wooden handle is unmineralized with small traces of carbonization. While the exact discovery location has not been verified, the lack of sharp nicks seems to confirm it was not chiseled from a larger rock formation but found loose, as the Hans claimed. 
That's very important. This thing was found loose at the level of rock that is meant to be prehistoric. For all intents and purposes, the Huns are not bullshitting about how they found it or where they found it. Just saying. Use your common sense here. There is much debate surrounding the London Hammer's origin. It's unanswered by and large. Was the artifact hit by a meteorite that formed around the thing? According to what's known about the chemical composition of a meteor, the formation's composition would seem to discount this theory. Some counter this by asserting the evidence of an ancient, advanced civilization that left behind tools very similar to things like this. The most well-known argument refuting the hammer's prominence, because we have to look into that too, it comes from J.R. Cole from the National Center for Science Education. He wrote this in 1985, and I quote, The stone concretion? Is that the word? Yeah, the stone concretion is real, and it looks impressive to someone unfamiliar with geological processes. How could a modern artifact be stuck in ancient rock, prehistoric rock? The answer is that the concretion itself is not prehistoric. Minerals in solution can harden around an intrusive object dropped in a crack or simply left on the ground if the source rock is chemically soluble. Quote, The mystery surrounding the London hammer still remains, probably will remain forever. For those who believe the hammer represents a kind of mystical time-traveling thing. For others, geological anomaly. Whatever the belief, the London Hammer does represent our unquenchable thirst for knowledge, meaning, and connection to a larger order in things, does it not? I have some interesting takes on the London Hammer here. <laughs> now, <clears throat> excuse me. Other observers have noted that the hammer is stylistically consistent with typical American tools manufactured in the region in the late 19th century. Its design is consistent with a miner's hammer. One possible explanation for the rock containing the artifact is that the highly soluble minerals in the ancient limestone, even at that level, yes, highly soluble, may have formed a concretion around the object. It's a common process, like um, that of a petrifying well, which often creates similar encrustations around fossils, other nuclei, in a very, very short time. And to the untrained eye, look ancient. But I'm going to throw a big monkey wrench into this, okay? <laughs> and pay attention here. That, th this should be an open and shut thing, right? This should just be, oh, okay, that's uh, very, uh, that makes sense. And then you look up other things like this who have just been dropped in loose rock, even rock from that era, and the encrustations around it, that does occur. And you don't have to really dig long and hard to find things like that. And you're like, wow, that thing looks like it was sitting there, you know, for four bi million billion years or whatever. It's a, uh, it's a thing and it's really incredible to see, but that does not account for the wood on the hammer beginning to produce coal. How long does it take to produce coal friends? Millions of years. There are out-of-place artifacts, but this is the only one where we see natural, over millions of years, that we know this, natural decomposition. Only one, and it's this one. I don't care what theory that you throw at me. This thing, the wood on the hammer, is starting to become coal. 
I, that silence is intentional. <laughs> Let that sink in. How long does it take for plant matter to turn into coal? We're talking millions of years. And I've seen every explanation under the sun for how this thing could have been encrusted. The concretion around the object happening in modern day not being as old. Okay, great. That's a really good explanation, actually. But what about the coal? What about the coal? Wood, you can't speed up that process. You cannot do it. And then there's the explanation. There's the thing of the owner of the hammer having private testing done and not telling anybody. People are saying, well, that's evidence that this thing was fake, that this is a hoax. I mean, open and shut. Another thing, you know, where people are saying open and shut. Why, Billy? Why are you even doing an episode on the London Hammer if we have not just one thing where people say this is open and closed, which I think we just busted in half, and another thing people are saying, oh, this is a hoax. Why, are you, why would you even talk about this? Well, if I was the owner of the hammer, this just goes back to common sense. The first one, we needed actual facts to break apart. And it's kind of funny how all the detractors of this hammer saying that this thing is not ancient. And I'm looking at both sides here. I thought this was a really good explanation, but you left something out there, science, scientists, detractors, <laughs> people who are trying to debunk this. Good intentions, I know, but we all know what the road to hell is paved with. You're not explaining something. What about the coal? Were you just leaving that part out? Because it, it doesn't fit your narrative, does it? That is a red flag for me. Makes me say, with common sense, something not used in the field of paranormal study anymore, that this uh, explanation is not sufficient because they're leaving things out. Now, if I was the owner of the hammer, this is the second thing they say where this just open and shut. I would not allow any testing results to be made in public. What are you, crazy? No one's going to believe it anyway. <laughs> is it going to change anything? No. And information like this can be dangerous in society, man. I don't want to side with things like NASA or the government or whatever saying, oh, this needs to be suppressed from society. What is society made up of? I'd say a good, I'm not being cynical here. I work in insurance, okay? So I see this. <laughs> a good 90% of the people out there walking around are neurotic, absolutely nuts in the head. And you know this. Am I just the only one that has the balls to say it? About 90% of the people out there are nuts. And it's only getting worse. I mean, come on. These are people who get validation from likes on TikTok. Are you kidding me? These are people, grown people, who sit down and watch reality shows about people that you normally wouldn't even give the time of day to. Shows about absolutely nothing, about people who do nothing, literally nothing. These are people who subscribe to 13 different streaming services and wonder why they can't make their car payments. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm not being cynical here. I'm just saying. Do I want a society filled with people like this, regardless of the percentage, knowing that we found a hammer that is... <laughs> In ancient, we're talking Cretaceous era rock, and it's real. If it's real, you know, let's just say it is. Would I want that information going out to 
people who do shit like this, people who shoot each other because their McDonald's fries were cold. Yes, that literally happened. People are so quick to kill over things much smaller than earth-shattering things like this. Why? What I tell anyone. Is it just me getting old? Am I being cynical? Whatever. Say what you want. But this is a kind of society, and you damn well know it, that I would not be releasing this information to you either. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Am I saying the government was probably right by not telling us everything? I'm, uh, I want to say no, man. I want to be that fight to power, you know, sex pistols listening, fist raising son of a bitch that I always was. But as I get older, I start thinking maybe there's some things that they were right about. Some Christians believe that the human race is only 5,000, 6,000, 10,000 years old at the most. Preposterous. But... When you really look at it, when you really think about it, it could be true. Depending on where you're standing. Yes, I said that. Depending on where you're standing. People are saying that the universe was created in seven days. Scientists are going, are you out of your minds? (laughs) This process took billions of years and we can prove it. Yeah, they can. But the seven day theory may be correct as well. And I can explain that. The secret lies in time dilation. The people on the ISS experience the same thing due to their speed. They're not orbiting the planet. They're being snatched by Earth's gravity as it spins the same speed that they're falling, causing them to orbit. It's actually not an orbit in the true sense. The people on the ISS are in free fall. And when they come back, their clocks are different than ours in a minuscule amount, but they're different. When they come back, they have traveled milliseconds into the future. One way is by going the speed of light or going closely, as close as you can to the speed of light. Time is something that can be fucked with. Time, I don't know where we get this misconception that time is this linear, solid, unbreakable thing. There are things out there that straight up break how time works. Black hole being one of them. Did you know this? That going close enough to a black hole at the right distance, right when gravity starts snatching you, You have to sit right outside the gravitational pull of the black hole. We're talking about time dilation here. Space, time. Black hole warps both of these. Time is not what you think it is. That's malleable. And uh, this may seem like a rant, but stick with me here. This makes sense in a minute. Did you know that if you're at the right distance from a black hole, right when gravity snatches it, (laughs) I love this. This is one of my favorite scientific studies that was ever conducted. I wish I could have seen who studied this and their jaw hitting the floor when they did the math. Did you know that if you're at that right, perfect little sweet spot in front of a black hole, you can observe the entire creation of the universe itself in seven days. For you, seven days. So... What I pose to you, was the universe created in seven days? Yeah, actually it was, depending on where you're standing. Let that sink in. Our timeline can be messed with. It is up for debate, depending on where you're standing. 
Literally, time can be moved as far closely or as far back as you want it to. It's about where you're observing these events taking place. We don't see stars based on how they look now. When you are outside and you look up into the night night sky and you see stars, most of the stars you're looking at have already boomed and died, boy. It takes thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions in some cases of years for that light to reach your eyes. You're looking at ghosts. So put that into another perspective. What if you're at one of these stars and you are looking at Earth from there? You're not seeing Earth as it is now. Do you know that if the sun stopped burning out instantly, we wouldn't know about it for about eight minutes? Because it takes eight minutes for the light leaving the sun right now to see us. Think about that. That's got to blow your mind. When you're looking at the sun, you're not looking at the sun as it is now. You're looking at it as it was eight minutes ago. The stars are much farther away. You're not looking at the star how it looks now. You're looking at a star as it looked 10,000 years ago, 100,000, a million. Because it takes the light that long to get to you. That star may be dead. There may be a giant UFO blocking it for, for all you know. And that UFO could have been there for a thousand years left and it rusted into nothing by the time the light reaches your eyes. So some ancient civilization, let's say some extraterrestrial civilization, is somewhere light years away from Earth and they have some kind of special machine to where they could zoom in, super zoom in on Earth and they can see the landscape. What are they going to see? Depending on where they are, They might see you sharpening your booger-picking finger as you're listening to this. They might see you take your kids to school this morning. They might see you eating your breakfast. But depending on where they are, they might see the birth of a stegosaurus. It's all about where you're standing. Listen to this, man. Are humans only 5,000 years old, only 10,000 years old? Or have humans been around for 400,000 years? Are humans much older than that? Yes, 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 and yes to all of it. Maybe the reason why they keep, why people keep coming to these conclusions and proving them right isn't because this person's right and this person's missing something. It may be because you're all correct. Maybe the reason why Christians, or some Christians anyway, think that human beings are only 5,000 years old is because they figured out where you need to stand, from where you need to observe. Really let this sink in, man. So this, this hammer here, how can we use what we just learned to explain this hammer? I'm telling you, there is... See, what's funny is, when I talked about the Apollo 17 one, remember how I, much I, how I said that one just absolutely broke my heart, remember? I wanted that one to be true so bad that when I ended up debunking the thing, I was just torn apart. It sucked. That, that one got to me. This one, I wanted, it was exactly the opposite. I was like, come on. A hammer in prehistoric rock. Okay, there's got to be something. I thought this one was going to be debunked. And after everything I've looked at, crickets. <laughs> I didn't want this one to be legit. But I have to mark this one as proven. And I'll tell you why. Yeah, ain't no further study, ain't no debunked. We're jumping to proven on this one. I don't want it to be. (laughs) Disclaimer. 
but there's no evidence suggesting it isn't that old. And all the evidence in the world that it is. Including one piece of evidence that nobody has taken into account. The detractors, anyway. The people saying that, no, this cannot be an ancient thing. Common sense tells you that it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be an ancient thing. This was just dropped somewhere and concretion got a hold of it. Cool. That explanation works. Case closed. But the wood is turning into coal. You understand that? The plant matter that makes up that hammer, that piece of wood, is undergoing a process that takes millions of years to even start. You cannot explain that away. You cannot do it. I want this to be wrong. <laughs> I want to be incorrect here. I, my, everything in my body, every pore of my being is lighting up like a Christmas tree saying there's something else here, man. This cannot be real. But this is all we have to go off of for now. Keep that in mind too. I'm not above saying I'm wrong if new evidence comes to light. But if this is all we have, proven. That goes for everything on this show that we have proven and disproven, right? If new evidence comes around to say otherwise, I have no problem making another episode or that's why I say at the end of all these, I say at the end of every episode, do you know something I don't? Did I miss a crucial piece of evidence that could have blown this whole thing apart? Let me know. Because I am not above saying that I'm wrong. But damn it, when you do it, make damn sure you account for everything. That's all I'm saying, because I have gotten, you know, uh, I've been told before, you know, <laughs> you, I know you get emails and I know you get voice messages and I know you get texts and messages and IMs of all that saying, well, you, you know, what about this and what about that? And what about this? Why don't I read them on the show? Because, guys, you're not accounting for everything. That's cool if I didn't miss a certain piece of evidence or whatever. But I make I'm, I'm confident in my research on this show. And I want to avoid any amount of splitting hairs later. So if, you know, if you, that's just how I work. <laughs> and so far, no one has brought any evidence up to me that merits me doing another show or another episode or another study. I want to see some beef, man. So if you have another explanation for this hammer, account for the coal. I don't know how the hell you're going to do that, but you're welcome to try. But here's another thing that I pose to you that may be even weirder and more mysterious than the hammer itself. Um, <laughs> listen, is the hammer only five seconds old, despite being found in prehistoric rock and the wood turning into coal? Is the hammer millions of years old? Is the hammer billions of years old? All of you, in a sense, are correct. Was the universe created last Thursday? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. Depending on where you're standing. Was the universe physically created in seven days? Was it just God's vantage point? To him, it was seven days. Right? If you're a far enough distance from the earth and you have a killer telescope, <laughs> that light is still going to have to hit the lens of the telescope. So you're looking at earth, depending on where you are, you're still going to see its violent volcanic beginnings. You're going to see, the, like I said, the birth of a Stegosaurus. What happens when you travel at speed of light? Time breaks. It bends. Time is just as malleable 
as anything else out there. You can poke a hole in it. You can mess with it. You can form things around it. It's an amoeba, just like everything else. Speed and gravity. Those two things can shatter time. Black holes can do it. Speed of light can do it. How does that work? Well, speed of light, you're going as fast as a photon, right? Nothing with mass can go that fast. So that's why we say near the speed of light. But <laughs> you can get pretty damn close to it. But if you have any kind of mass, any kind of weight at all, you're never going to go as fast as a photon. And it's very simple to explain. I don't need to go all sciencey on you. Research it for yourself. You'll find out. I'm not a scientist anyway. All I can give you are layman's terms. Let's say you're a photon leaving the surface of the sun right now. You travel at the speed of light, right? How long is your perceived life? So let's say you're a photon leaving the surface of the sun right now. And you're conscious. You're aware. You live your life. Do you see yourself traveling through space? Seeing planets and all that stuff whiz by? You're moving so damn fast. Your life and death is instantaneous. That's why time breaks. Photons leave the surface of the sun every day. Some land on your desk, some land on your house, some land on the ass cheek of a chick sunning herself in Mexico. I want to be one of those photons. But they won't even know that they are. Because their life is instantaneous. They travel so damn fast, time breaks. Gravity, same way. So is this, uh, is everybody right about the London Hammer? Uh, in a way, yes, they are. All of them. It depends on where you're standing. Now that's semantics, right? I don't want to say that that's the explanation. That's a little too loose. Because we perceive time while we're here, living on this rock, we need to have some kind of grounding in, well, it is reality that time breaks, but <laughs> we need to, uh, it's kind of like a, Building a robot without a face. It's widely believed, and I agree with this theory, that if you build an artificial intelligence and do not give it a face, it would go insane. Or if your body was implanted into a robot or something like that, you would go insane. Paul Verhoeven knew, knew this when he wrote his little screenplay called RoboCop. He had... OCP give Officer Alex Murphy a face so we could have some semblance of self, of it's his own, not just not humanity, but so he could have a consciousness to think of itself as itself. As Robocop human, that's what the movie's about. <laughs> that's the question. That's the underlying thing about Robocop as a whole. Is he still human? He has a human's organs. He has a human memories. He has a human brain. He has a human's face. But does he have the soul? That's the big question. The London Hammer. It's kind of something like that. Time does not matter, no matter where, you know, depending on where you're standing. But we can't stop there. I mean, we're living on this earth. We have to deal with reality, right? We, <laughs> we're the robot. We, we need a face. We need something to anchor ourselves onto. So we have to anchor ourselves to how we perceive time living on the surface of this pretty blue rock just floating around in space. Yes, we perceive time linearly this way. So the London Hammer, I don't have any evidence to say otherwise. 
this thing was found in prehistoric era rock. We're not entirely sure as to how old humans are, but I can tell you one thing. This was found in a layer of rock that I'm pretty convinced predates humans completely. So either science is incorrect about the time we perceive, or this was dropped by something else. This manifested itself into the rock somehow. It time traveled somehow. We got to look at that possibility too. Why? Because the fucking handle's turning into coal. That takes millions of years. I cannot account for that and neither can anybody else. I've never seen anybody even try. We have, this is all we have to go off of for now. This is all we got. And it is enough to say that this is proven. This hurt to say this, okay? It's just letting you know. I did not want to come to this conclusion. But like I said, in the field of paranormal study, common sense is something that is never used anymore. And I think common sense, it is common sense to say, if you have evidence enough to prove it and zero evidence to disprove it, sorry, bud, proven. I'm not going to base my decisions on feelings. So I think that's where people screw up right off the bat. There's nothing suggesting that this thing is from any other time period. Nothing. Yeah, we have theories and stuff like that, but it does not account for what is physically there. You take your finger and you rub it on that piece of wood. Coal. That's freaky. I keep going back to that. But if it's something that can't be refuted and no one's even tried, I think we got our smoking gun here. Anyway, what do you guys think of the London Hammer? Let me know. Did I miss something? Did I miss any crucial piece of evidence that would have blown this thing apart? Tell me. Let me know, man. Or go on Asylum817.com. That's Asylum817.com for all things Strange Places related. All the social media links are there, as well as the link to get to our Patreon account where you can get ad-free bonus content. I always forget to say that. Episodes, uh, what, what, was, what was I saying? Yeah, ad-free, because that messes up my flow. I need to memorize how to say it with the ad-free in there. Because I've said it so many times I have it memorized, but when I throw another phrase in there, it screws me up. <laughs> we get early access to shows, bonus stuff, giveaways of certain tiers. See what I mean? I just, once I say it, once I say it the unedited way, I just go. <laughs> Little less a dollar a month, guys. Check it out. Shout out to the patrons, by the way. The Kunkel Homestead YouTube channel, Donald Haynes, David Peterson. The show would not exist if you guys weren't around. I really appreciate it. Thanks for diving into the weird with me, the unknown, the surreal. This was the 62nd episode of this show, and we're not going to stop. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Thanks for sticking around this whole time. Thanks for being you. And we'll see you guys on the next episode, all right? Now, are we ever going to run out of strange places to talk about? I don't think so. Because every town has a strange place, and maybe one day, we'll visit yours. The Strange Places podcast is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a music label for truly independent artists. They will distribute and share your music on every streaming platform the internet has to offer, 
And the best part is that you keep all of your royalties. In fact, DistroKid has made history, marking the first time that an artist on the charts made 100% of their earnings. This is the music industry's worst nightmare, giving indie artists complete control over their art. For only 20 bucks a year, you can upload unlimited music, and with the split feature, you can split a percentage of the earnings to your bandmates. If you click the affiliate link in this episode's description, you get 7% off the first year. But did I mention that after that, it's only 20 bucks a freaking year? I've been a musician for a long time. My music is heard all over the world, and yours should be too. Click the link in this episode's description to not only support Strange Places, but put control of your own music back into your hands. No contracts, no hidden clauses, no lovely coin men in their lovely, lovely suits. Thanks to DistroKid for being a sponsor and giving this old dog an audience.